Hello, it is Thursday, May 19, 2022, and welcome to the Real Estate Podcast with Robert Eichard. Thank you for joining us today for some real estate updates, and news, and information, and a little bit of commentary as well. Jumping right into some real estate news, start with a an article about a second per- person arrested and not for sale by an owner real estate scheme. And this happened in Lee County, Florida. This is uh, reporter M- Emma Heaton for winknews.com. Another person has been arrested for a complex not for sale real estate scheme spanning multiple counties in the state. 22 year old, I'll just leave her name off, is accused of co-conspiring to steal $300,000 from a dozen people. She was arrested last week in the same scheme, another woman. Florida Department of Law Enforcement agents said they caught her red-handed in a complex real estate scheme. So this couple, these two ladies, together... They listed homes they didn't own on Craigslist, Facebook, Zillow, and more. When a victim reached out, the law enforcement claims that they acted like the homeowners, then as a title agent, and faked the closing. And the law enforcement thinks that they had help with this scheme. State investigators say they created seven fictitious title companies and another one of them helped to launder the money. The agents say Josie and Russell listed homes they didn't own on multiple websites, but went further than that. She created seven fake title companies and acted as a closing agent. I guess I should say everyone is innocent until proven guilty. But um, they, they said, I think the would be the first real red flag if they're trying to communicate through those sorts of outlets like social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, that that's a huge red flag. In other words, if that's where you're finding the property being listed on Facebook, um, stuff like that, Craigslist, it, um, it may be legit. Of course, that's where a lot of people go if they don't have an agent and they don't get on the multiple listing service. They have to go somewhere, so they'll go to those places. But, of course, you've got to be careful when you get to that. When you look at things there, then you have to kind of protect yourself more because you're probably not dealing with a licensed real estate agent and all the protections that comes with which includes licensing, education, regulation, supervision, means of getting some recourse, possibly if you've been wronged. Um, So, article goes on to say, that's why the Department of Financial Services website is vetting, vetting is a good place to go to find out if a company is legitimate or a title agency is legitimate. And it goes on to say, dealing with people or companies who do not use a phone or refuse to have an in-person meeting is also a huge red flag. So 
says, look up the company, look up the seller, and have face-to-face -face conversations. If you're curious about whether a business or licensing agent you're dealing with is legitimate, you can check the Department of Financial Services website in Florida. And in other states, they have similar websites. So they were listing homes, and I've heard of people renting homes or renting properties that they didn't have a right to rent. And um, so you got to make sure that you're dealing with somebody who really is legitimate and not scamming you. And that can happen with real estate just as easily as anything else. Um, here's another article from bizjournals.com. And it's May 19, 2022. It says, Inland Air Empire Warehouse sells for $83 million. Aldur Commercial Center, a nearly 175,000-square-foot warehouse developed and managed in the Inland Empire, was sold to Bent Tall Green Oak last month by Stream Realty Partners. Bent Tall Green Oak bought the warehouse in Bloomington, California for $83.4 million located next to the I-10 freeway. Alder Commercial Center includes both ground floor and mezzanine office space, two drive-in doors, 180-foot secured truck court, 32-inch clear height, and 21 dock high loading doors. So, it says the Inland article goes on to say, the Inland Empire has seen record low vacancy and record level demand for warehouse space in the past year as the vacancy rate hit an all-time low of 0.5% in the fourth quarter, according to CBRE Group Inc. The average taking lease rate reached a record high of 1.07 per square foot per month, a 67% increase year over year. That's incredible. CBRE's report stated that this was due to high tenant demand and a dwindling supply of available warehouse space. So people may be buying things differently. Not necessarily. Everybody is going to Amazon and online, but a lot of people are doing that more and more. However, that do, those things still need to be warehoused. So that's why... Well, here in Dallas, Texas, there's a lot of warehouses. I deal in warehouses, and I wish I had more warehouse space available because I get more calls for warehouse space than we have warehouse space. And um, so there's just a lot of need for warehouse space, and it's definitely not the flashiest <laughs> real estate investment you can buy, but it's at this time, one of the best. Um, so, go on, going on, there's an article in, in LinkedIn published by Karen Means, who's a licensed realtor in California. And her article says, it's called Five Ways to Write a Winning Offer in Today's Real Estate Market. She says, our nation is in the midst of a serious housing crunch. A lack of inventory, high prices, and climbing mortgage rates have left many would 
be home buyers feeling pinched. So she goes on to say, and I've I've experienced this in my own life, in my own investing. Number one, demonstrate solid financing. It says sellers favor offers with a high probability of closing. They particularly love all cash offers, of course, because there's no chance that the financing will fall through. But if you can prove that your financing is solid, buying with a mortgage doesn't have to be a big disadvantage. Um, she says the most important step is to get pre-approved before you start looking for homes. Yes, uh, many savvy real estate agents actually won't work with you if you're not pre-approved because they could be showing you houses and more houses and more houses and then may maybe finally make an offer and then find out you're not even approved to buy that that um, price of house. So um, many real estate agents will, nowadays, they will say, um, get a pre-approval letter and let's see what you qualify for before you do it. And that applies to commercial as well. Um, commercial real estate, you... Um, you have less players in the commercial real estate game, but it this this still applies. You have to have your financing lined up before you do any deals, before you even go looking. That's absolutely the number one thing to do. Um, many people want to get involved in real estate, and they want to they want to start looking for properties or looking for um, you know, what type of property they want to buy. And all that's great, but really um, you have to figure out a financial game plan, a um, financing plan, whether that involves partnerships, um, borrowing money, savings, IRAs money, IRA money, um, money from other investments, whatever, um, however you can put together as they call the financing stack um, and uh, what that usually means is many times people will buy a commercial deal and they'll have a stack they'll have a debt component uh, equity component a cash component which um, they'll they'll have um, different types of components where they and they'll and they have first financers for first financing banks, um, second lend holders. Um, there's just all kinds of ways to put it together, but the the best real estate investors, they focus that, that's their number one focus is where am I gonna get the money? How much money can I, can I raise um, before you do any kind? And, and I'm talking both right now real um, residential and commercial but commercials obviously takes a more complex um, approach because it's bigger and more expensive and you have to have more resources and so you'll see a lot more going into a commercial deal but it still it follows that number one rule that she mentions in this article is demonstrate solid financing Everybody wants to see that. Um, and why waste your time? Why waste the seller's time? Why waste 
agent's time, why waste anyone's time looking or talking about properties that there's no way you could buy. It's it's a total time waste. So that's that's very important. Second, she says, put down a sizable deposit. Okay, buyers can show sellers that they have skin in the game by putting down a large earnest money deposit. And that's held in escrow. Um, however, if a sale falls through, the buyer may lose that deposit. So, you know, make sure you talk to a lawyer um, about that because that strategy can be risky. Um, and um, number four, offer flexible closing date and or lease back option. Again, that's some tricky stuff. Uh, flexible closing date can be tricky um, for the seller. Um, it can be good for the seller. Um, a lease back option, mm, that's okay. That means that you'll lease back the property to the seller um, or you're giving them the option that you'll lease it back to them. I don't particularly like that. I would, if I closed on a piece of property, I would want them gone. I, don't, I would not want them hanging out in the house unless you want to be a landlord because now you're subject to a lease. And now if you, do, if you want to be a landlord, go ahead and think about that option. But if you don't want to be a landlord, um, don't get into it because what if you lease it back to them for 90 days and then they, they don't leave? Now what? Well, you probably have to evict them. Now you get to go through an eviction proceeding just to get into the house that you that you wanted to buy, and you're dealing. So I think that can be a mess. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that at all. But it's it's a way. If somebody says, for example, and they seem on the up and up, if they say, "Hey, I just need another month because I'm closing on a house in another state," and um, it's something to consider, but I personally would not be interested in that. I'd, I'd say figure out another way to solve your problem than staying in the house that you're selling me. Um, because I just, I just think it involves way too much risk on the buyer's part to have to deal with that. But it's, it's there as an option. Um, and it, she also says work with a skilled buyer's agent. Uh, buyer's agent, if you're buying property, knows how to represent a buyer. They, that's what they, um, in some states, you have buyer's agent and seller's agent. And they don't have that in all states. But, um, or and in a lot of states, you will have people that, even if they don't have the distinction between a buyer's agent and a seller's agent, there'll be agents that specialize in one or the other. And when they do that, um, they get really good at it. Um, it's a similar similarity in the commercial world that I usually am in is, um, they'll have leasing agents and land, um, they'll have landlord representatives and leasing agents and tenant agents, tenant representatives, they call them. And the tenant representatives are very expert at putting together deals and helping the tenants to make sure 
that they're getting um, a really good deal. Now, I've seen it cut both ways. I've, as a primarily a landlord rep myself, I've seen agents come in and make deals so complex or throw so many different complexities into a deal that it actually kills the deal and they're supposed to be facilitating the deal and in many cases the things they've brought into it are not that important to to the deal but and the landlord may not want to especially in certain good economic times may not want to fool around with complex deals they may want to deal with a more simple straightforward deal so if a if you want to get a deal done, I'm not saying you don't wouldn't want to use an agent, but sometimes they can be too aggressive um, to in advocating for you to the point where it's counterproductive. Um, that's just my opinion. That's what I've seen. I've seen some very complex LOIs, which means letters of intent, come across and. If you're hit with both of them as a landlord representative, if you're hit with a deal that's simple, straightforward, um, very few complexities or anything added in versus another deal that may have three pages of details and changes to your lease maybe and special considerations, it's it's kind of an easy it's kind of an easy thing to go ahead and pick the simpler deal because it will be if you have to get it approved by the ownership it's going to be easier to get approved if you're worried about um, the complexity of the deal killing it um, the the complex deal just presenting a complex deal to to an owner of a building can make their their eyes cross and when you start doing that the whole deal can just fall apart and um so having somebody advocate for you sometimes means keeping it simple and that's just been my my um experience that overly com complicating a real estate transaction if it's not needed, is not necessary. And um, it's, well, just like if you get, here's another example. Sometimes many people will get a lawyer. I'm not advocating not to get lawyers. I, I am one. I used to practice law. I don't anymore. But... Lawyers can also definitely be deal killers. And why is that? Well, for se several reasons. Uh, I'm, in fact, I encourage you to get a lawyer. But what I'm trying to say is a lawyer can... Many of them want to justify their, their, their fee. So they could take a simple, straightforward contract that both, that's a win-win for both parties and they'll in for lack of a better term lawyer it up and um they will 
slice and dice and put all kinds of comments and changes and that's how deals can get killed. De a deal that would benefit both the buyer and the seller but now everybody's contending with um, you know who knows how many pages of red marks and line throughs and changes and um, it may theoretically um, or even actually many of their suggestions may benefit the their client okay great it may benefit their client but if you have a, a, a contract that's pretty fair and neutral to begin with and then you want to chop it up by a have a lawyer chop it up too much with a lot of legal changes that again can kill a deal um, there um, that 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 will add a layer of complexity that makes it hard for the seller to deal with makes it hard for a landlord to deal with um, you can do that to a lease you can do that to a um, purchase and sale agreement and um, so you've got to kind of rein in your professionals sometimes and it's hard to do sometimes because they're the ones who have all the education and all the knowledge on the one hand and you think you need to follow everything they say and many times what they say is good but at the same time sometimes it's overkill they can they can overdo their corrections on a contract their changes to a contract and um so you just got to realize in the real estate world that um how much you want to get a deal done and maybe have a lawyer that you trust to help you get through and cover the main parts of a deal but not chop it up to so many bits that the whole deal falls apart and um, there's a there's a fine line between that sometimes do I recommend getting a lawyer on complex real estate deals absolutely so let me make that clear but like I said it, it can get a little bit jumbled at times on the international front I have an article here about from the digitaljournal.com get news and it says a state invest now available in five cities of India takes real estate investing to a new level so in state invest is a premier real estate digital listing enterprise based in Patna Bihar that is proficient in providing the best real estate services to its customers, protecting users who want to participate in the real estate industry and providing full-fledged real estate services. So the State Invest meticulously compiles detailed information about properties and helps its buyers purchase the property. They do this by helping clients evaluate the property check the papers of the property and subsequently getting the papers of the property verified from the officials they say they they also help you get the contact number of an agent meet the agent know more about the property from the agent and verify the details yourself article goes on to say today the virtual enterprise is among the fastest growing listing websites in india 
working in five cities of Delhi, Bangalore, Ahmedabad, Vandora, and Patna. Vadodara and Patna. The website also offers top-notch property listing services, legal services, investing guide, details of property, etc. So they're not this is not an ad for them. I'm just talking about a service they have. They said they said the competitive edge has seen the website services attract rave reviews from its clients. Um, from one student who said they he didn't know where to live, but luckily he found a state invest and helped him get get the home he wanted and an agent and helped him even set up his luggage in his new house and he still uses their service whenever he needs. So it's a investment website that is pretty comprehensive, it sounds like, in India to help you buy properties. And it looks like it's growing. In Florida, the Miami-Dade commissioners postponed a controversial vote on Miami-Dade County's urban development boundary, a limit on construction projects near nature preserves, reserves. Aligned Real Estate Holdings asked commissioners to expand the boundary. The Bricknell-based company wants to use about 800 acres of agricultural land to build the South Dade Logistics and Technology District. However, article goes on to say that the representative commissioner from that district says the urban development boundary is not set in stone, but the Florida Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services deems this expansion unnecessary and said the project would further destabilize water management in the area. County staff and the U.S. Department of the Interior also oppose the proposal. So they've got the Florida Commissioner of Agriculture, they've got the county staff and the U.S. Department of the Interior all opposed to their project. So that doesn't sound good for the developer. Adam Gebler said from the U.S. Department of the Interior, approving the proposal is a mistake. He is the director of the Office of Everglades Restoration at the U.S. Department of Interior. The company, got, the developer went on to say, if the proposal gets approved, the real estate company is, estimates the project will create over 17,000 jobs. Critics said there are other properties within the boundary where that project can happen. So that's a lot of challenges for that developer to get that. Oh, and that was that was by local110.com, and the reporter was Glenna Milberg. So that's one of the things about real estate investing is development is one of the hardest things to do in the whole real estate world because you're trying to develop something from nothing. And... Um, very challenging. You have to go through a lot of government bureaucracy, a lot of red tape to get a, a development to happen. Um, it can be very lucrative if you do it right and you know what you're doing, but it's very difficult. And um, it's 
oftentimes easier to buy something existing that's already been developed than to be the pioneer and try to get something developed that was not there in the first place. However, just like everything in life, sometimes the more difficult and riskier the venture, it can often ha times have higher rewards. But um, it's certainly not easy um, to be a real estate developer, especially the one in that last article. You have Sounds like the federal government, the county, and the state. I mean, I don't know how much more you can have opposed to you. Um, so that's a lot. Um, I'm jumping around to a little bit of an educational component of this podcast. Um, and this comes from Investopedia. And it says, 10 Habits of Successful Real Estate Investors. By Adam Hayes. Updated May 5, 2022. Reviewed by Gordon Scott. And some of the key takeaways are real estate is a challenging business that requires knowledge, talent, organization, networking, and perseverance. Becoming knowledgeable and educated about the real estate market is crucial, but often this comes with more than just in-class learning. That's absolutely true. Um, you can read a lot of books. And I do recommend that. I've read a lot of books on real estate. I've read almost everything I could get my hand on, hands on. And the reason for that, that, first of all, I just said you can learn a lot without books, but I'm promoting books right now at the moment. Um, and the reason I'm promoting books is if you read enough real estate books, you will start to see themes and patterns emerge about how people have successfully real invested in real estate, you can see how successful people have done it. They'll write books about it, and that's really nice. Um, of course, they're trying to sell a book, but at the same time, it's nice to see their wisdom. Um, and what I've liked about reading lots of real estate books is I like real estate, first of all. It's hard not to, it's hard to read books on a topic you don't like, but I like it. So I, I've read a lot of books. Um, and I get motivation oftentimes from reading real estate books. Believe it or not, that's one of the best things I find about them because I've read so many of them that a lot of the information is not new to me anymore. Um, but the motivation is always great. And you'll find motivation in many real estate books. And motivation is good. It does it doesn't always come easy. Sometimes you need to get motivation and reading can give it to you because you'll get you'll get ideas which can motivate you, and especially if you get a good idea from a book. But another thing about reading all these real estate books is you can avoid mistakes that others have made. So you can, um, why, why go and make a mistake that somebody else has made and they've warned you not to do in a book. Why go out there and do it? Because you failed to read that book or you failed to educate yourself. You know, you have to really, really educate yourself when it comes to real estate investing and, and being in the real estate world. The more educated you are, the better it is. It's, there's a lot of sharp people out there in real estate that are successful and they are, they're very sharp and 
it, it takes that in many cases because it's a very sophisticated and complicated world dealing in, in real estate investing. So having said all that, I do encourage books a lot. However, you got to at some point put down the books and start doing, doing the, the investing. And then you learn a whole another world of knowledge by, through experience. So, but before you get experience, I recommend reading probably 20 or 30 real estate books. And that may sound like a lot, but it's not. Because one thing you could learn from one of those books could save you, well, could, could save your whole career in real estate investing. It could save you from making a mistake. Um, and we could talk someday about how you can protect yourself, a little bit about asset protection. But really, I'd probably rather have a guest come on and talk about that than, than me talk about it. Because there's some good guests that do that every day, and I'd let, that's who I'd like you to hear that from. But going on to the 10 habits of successful real estate investors. Number one is make a plan. A plan is very important. It's important. It says real estate investors must must approach their activities as a business professional to establish and achieve short and long-term goals. A business plan is a good idea to craft, as it also allows investors to visualize the big picture, which helps you maintain focus on the important goals rather than any minor setbacks. It also helps, it, it forces you to go through the exercise of going from A to Z on where what you're trying to do. Many people will talk about real estate investing. They say they want to get into it. They want to want to do it. And then the a week later nothing's done. A month later nothing's done. A year later nothing's done. 10 years later. And one of the reasons is is they've never sat down and made a plan. So you got to make a plan. You don't have to, but it says Real estate investing can be complicated and demanding, and a solid plan can keep investors organized and on task. So that, that it keeps you moving. And a plan may involve partners. It may, be, it may involve other people. Um, whatever your plan involves, um, it's just important to make a plan. It says know the market. That's number two. That's obvious. You want to know your market. You don't want to go into a place where you don't understand the market. Um, even if you buy a home, I think you should definitely know the market, know what you want, know how big of a home you want, know what neighborhoods are like, know what, you know, where the grocery stores are, or public transportation, should you need it? How easy or difficult is it to get? Um, and so then it goes on number three, it says, be honest, real estate investors are usually not obligated to uphold any particular pledge of ethics. They're not usually regulated by any ethical code. And it says it would be easy to take advantage of this situation, but most successful real estate investors maintain high ethical standards. And the reason for that is if you become or get a reputation as a unethical real estate investor, how many people are going to want to deal with you in the future if you have that reputation? Because people will talk and people will talk and they'll say, 
watch out for so-and-so um, if, if you do have a um, bad reputation. They'll say, watch out for so-and-so. Um, you don't want to do business with that guy or that lady. And so how's that going to help your career? If you're, if you're doing unethical things, you're not honest, you're not straight with people, um, it will severely hamper your career. And um, it's a small world, uh, the, the real estate investing world. The commercial real estate investing world is a very small world. I'm in Dallas, Texas, Dallas-Fort Worth. There's millions and millions of people here. But, believe it or not, um, the commercial real estate world is a very small subculture in this relative to the size of the city. And um, word gets around if you're not um, an ethical operator. Um, and if the word's get either going to be good or bad. And I think it would much be better to be honest and good and so that's an important thing. It may it may sound corny, but it's it's really true, and it really pays off in the long run to have a, a solid, honest reputation. It says develop a niche. It is important for investors to develop a focus to gain the depth of knowledge essential to becoming successful. That's one reason why some people specialize. Some people specialize in in warehouses. Some people specialize in single family dwelling. Some people specialize in um, apartments. Some people specialize in grocery store anchored shopping centers. On and on and on. Um, rental storage units. You, that might be your specialty. So the thing you'll learn is if you do specialize and you narrow your focus, you get really good at that area. And then you learn who the players are, who the buyers and sellers are you get your name out there you let them know hey i'm looking for this type of product um and so that can be very very good to do um so you can develop a a niche within a market and you can use that to your advantage by um becoming sort of an expert in a certain area Encourage referrals is the next one. It says referrals generate a sizable portion of a real estate investor's business, so it is critical that investors treat others with respect. I bought an apartment complex in 24 hours one time, and the way I did it was it wasn't even advertised. It was a um, relationship I had with a commercial real estate agent who sent out emails to people well and that kind of goes back to the develop a niche he sent out to emails to people um like the day he listed it or whatever and i got one of the first emails from him and um he about the sale of this and i ran the numbers quickly and i realized it quickly that it was a good investment because also, that goes back to developing a niche. How did I know how to figure that out so quickly? Well, because um, I knew how to run the numbers on it and analyze it very quickly. And very quickly, I realized it's a good deal. And I made an offer. And boom, that was it. Um, so this kind of goes back to these things all kind of intertwine. Be honest. Would he have wanted to deal with me if he didn't think I was honest? No. Um, if I didn't have a plan 
and it was known to others, that wouldn't have helped. If I didn't know the market, I knew the market. And so that helped. I had a niche. Um, so I got that referral. Number six is stay educated. It says, as with any business, it is imperative to stay up to date with the laws, regulations, terminology, and trends that form the basis of real estate. Does that mean that every real estate investor should be should get a real estate license? No. I was a real estate investor for years. Of course, I was a lawyer, and um, so I didn't. I felt like I I already had a strong footing. But there's many successful real estate investors who are neither lawyers or real estate agents. They don't have a license and they don't have a, license, a, a law license or a real estate license. But So it doesn't take that to be good at it. But it does take, as it says, stay educated. So you have to be educated. How you get educated is another story. Um, but many people think... And I've been asked over the years, they'd say, well, I sh I, should I become a real estate agent because I want to become a real estate investor? And I don't necessarily think you do. I think those are two different skill sets. Do, do I think it hurts? No, it doesn't. It's very good to have a real estate license. Um, if you're going to be a real estate investor, it may save you money buying and selling um, it certainly brings you up to date on the laws and regulations and, and things like that. So yes, it's beneficial. Is it necessary? No, there's other ways to gain that knowledge without having to, to, to go through that. Um, so anyway, that's just my thoughts on that issue. Um, understand the risks. It says stock market investors are inundated with regular warnings regarding the inherent risks involved in investing and the potential for loss. Real estate investors, however, are more likely to see advertisements claiming just the opposite, that it is easy to make money in real estate. Prudent real estate investors understand the risks, not only in terms of real estate deals, but also the legal implications involved and adjust their businesses to reduce those risks. So yes, real estate investing can be very risky. Um, right now, things are looking really good, but they're also starting to look a little bit colder. In fact, my next article is going to talk a little bit about that. But I'm going to just go on a little bit. It says invest in an accountant. Absolutely. you need um, If you're going to be doing real estate, um, to have a CPA or a good accountant handle your real estate books is imperative because it's, it can get very complex. Um, it says, find help. Learning the real estate investing business is challenging for someone attempting to do things on their own. Effective real estate agents often attribute their success to others, whether it's a mentor, lawyer, or supportive friend. Rather than risk time and money tackling a difficult problem alone, successful real estate investors know it is worth the additional costs to embrace other people's expertise. This reminds me of a story of a very successful um, businessman one time, um, and he couldn't, uh, the thing is, he couldn't read, but he was very successful. So what he would do is every time, he knew, he knew good deals, he knew numbers, and he knew how to negotiate. So what he would do is he would if somebody stuck a contract in front of him or 
something like that. He would say, well, let me take it home and think about it. Well, then he would have his wife read it to him. And his lawyer also, he would have time as he got bigger and bigger, would have time to go over it with him and because he never learned to read. But he was very successful. So I thought that was kind of an interesting story, how he could be so successful. But it also put the brakes on him signing things that he didn't know about. Um, and for many of us, um, signing a, a huge contract, whether you can read or not, you may not be able to read that or understand that. That's why lawyers do come in, have their place. Um, so if you don't understand what you're signing, you shouldn't sign it. You should understand it and understand the implications involved. So just knowing how to read and then also knowing how to read a legal contract are two totally different things. So many people are good readers, but when you put a legal contract in front of them, they are not competent to understand it. Um, number 10 says build a network. A professional network can provide important support and create opportunities for both new and experienced real estate investors. Like that real estate agent, that commercial real estate agent that turned me onto that apartment complex, which turned out to be a very good deal for me. Um, he was part of my network. And I was one of the first ones he contacted when he had that listing. And that listing was taken by me very quickly because he was in my network. So that's how you build a network is I, he knew that I was out there looking and I met him and I was nice to him and um, let him know what, what I was looking for. And um, that's kind of what it's all about is making a network of real estate agents that handle the area you're looking at, bankers that may know about things, um, insurance people, lots of different people know about different deals. Um, I've bought properties through divorces, through probate, through um, bank foreclosures, just off of like LoopNet or the multiple listing service. Um, so there's just numerous ways to buy properties. And um, you, and oftentimes people who are in distress, like for example, somebody's died and it's in probate or they're going through a divorce, things like that. A divorce attorneys, believe it or not, could be good sources of um, good people to know in, in real estate investing. Um, so a lot of people don't think of things like that, but, um, and bankers, they may have things that they may have, um, real estate that they need to offload. It's called REO property, real estate owned. And, um, so it's good to have those relationships. It's good to have relationships with possibly property managers and, and commercial property managers, residential property managers, sometimes they know when uh, uh, ownership may be interested in selling something. So I'm often asked, um, is such and such property for sale? And then I give them an answer. Um, and um, sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, mostly it's no. Um, but, 
And sometimes it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the owner. I don't know if it's for sale or not. If I'm not the owner, if I'm just handling it for somebody else. But the thing is, um, there's just all kinds of different professionals and people you can network with and get to know who may give you leads to properties that may not otherwise be available. Because once a property hits the market, whether it be commercial or residential, once it hits the, the like, for example, LoopNet or the multiple listing service and, and it's advertised, then the whole world is fighting for that property potentially. But, you know, sometimes a real estate listing real estate agents have what's called pocket listings and that just means they're kind of holding them in their pocket like sometimes people will tell a real estate agent they'll say hey um i may be interested in selling this property but i don't want to really want to make a big deal about it right now i'm not sure i want to put signs out front and for one reason in commercial real estate you wouldn't want to put signs out front is it can hurt the business. Let's say you have a business in there. Well, then it says for sale. Well, people may get confused. Is the business for sale or is it the building that's for sale or is it both? And that could hurt the business that's inside there trying to do business while the owner may be trying to sell the building. So they may not advertise it, but they may tell certain real estate agents. They may say, hey, I would like to sell this property so, but I don't want to make a big thing about it. So they'll say, hold it in your pocket. I'm not even going to give you a listing and uh, hold that in your pocket. And if you know of somebody that is looking for that, let me know and put us together and then I'll give you a commission for that. And so that's, that goes on a lot. And a lot of real estate agents have a lot of knowledge about deals and potential deals that, mm -hmm. Um, the only way to get that knowledge is to know them. So it's, then it goes on to say the bottom line, despite ubiquitous advertisements claiming that real estate investing is an easy way to wealth, it is in fact a challenging business requiring expertise, planning, and focus. Um, absolutely, that is so true. And you do need legal advice. You do need financial advice and as much advice as you can get. And one more part about this, it talks about different things, but finally this article talks about a business plan. And that's a, a written document that describes in detail how businesses, usually a startup, defines its objectives and how it is to go about achieving its goals. A business plan lays out a written roadmap for the firm from marketing, financial, and operational standpoints. Business plans are important documents used for external audience as well as internal audience of the company. For instance, business, a business plan is used to attract investment before company has established a proven track record or to secure lending. They are also a good way for companies, executive teams to be on the same page about strategic action items and to keep themselves on target towards the set of goals. So. If you have a group of investors, but you have no real business plan and it's just a few people getting together and chatting and saying, yeah, we'd like to be in, well, that's maybe not so great because you haven't really hammered down the, any of the details about what your goals are. You may think you all have the same goals, but until you do a business plan, 
you may realize, wow, we're not, we're not even heading in the right direction in this partnership because, um, for example, some people may want to be a short-term three to five-year investor and then flip it. Other people may want to buy and hold it till, till they die. Um, and some people may have a 10-year horizon uh, where they may want to consider flipping a property. So that's just one thing that could be if you had a partnership and a business plan that could be fleshed out if you do a business plan. And then also a good business plan. If you go into a bank and you want to borrow money for a, a piece of property, you may have everything lined up. You may, you may have good credit. You may have adequate an adequate down payment for that property. You may have a lot of things lined up. But if you go in there with good credit, an adequate down payment, and um, cash flow, all the things banks look for when, when they underwrite you, you may have all that together. But if you go in there with a nice, good-looking business plan as well, that, that can make the difference. That can make a big difference. It makes you look professional and and makes and lets them know that you've thought through this that it's not just something you're you just dreamt up um so anyway enough about that um we have finally a an article about san francisco's luxury real estate remains active despite signs of a cooling market so san francisco's housing market is beginning to show signs of cooling with accounts of less crowded open houses, and fewer offers on new listings becoming more the norm. So that's interesting. That was dated 5-19-2022. Goes on to, oh, I need to give credit for this. This is a bizjournals.com article written by Ted Anderson, digital editor, San Francisco Business Times goes on to say, with two more federal interest rate increases likely coming down the pike in June and July, and rates already way up over pandemic levels, buyers of less expensive homes are feeling the heat. And when hot markets shift cooler, effects are typically first reflected in reductions in multiple offers, overbidding, and the number of homes going into contract. So they're seeing a, a reduction in those things. In the Bay Area. Um, so that's interesting. It says, but buyers of more expensive homes tend to be more influenced by sustained changes in financial markets, he said. And with all of these changes happening so fast, the three million and over market is still humming along in the city. So they. If you have three million or more to buy a home, maybe uh, uptick in the interest rates of a point or two doesn't make that much difference. Um, but it's making a big difference. It's starting to make a big difference to a lot of people in a lot of different areas of real estate, not only commercial. I mean, not only residential, but commercial. So that'll wrap up today's podcast. Thank you for listening and we look forward to having you return next time. Thank you.